Good morning, everyone, and welcome here on a very warm day. We're glad you've come. This morning I uh, was talking to Peter Harms from SMC, and I asked him if they had air conditioning there, and he says yes. And so he said, but that's okay. This is now, we feel natural here. So welcome to our natural worship service, and I hope that it's uh, going to be an enjoyable time together with people we know and maybe some we don't. So before we begin today, I'm going to ask you all to stand and uh, greet each other with a high or a handshake, and uh, let's welcome each other together to this uh, service, together with SMC and Grace. we uh, sing our welcoming song, all are welcome, and this song is only on the overhead for this morning. The rest will be in your hymnals.
be seated. I'm going to begin with the life of our congregation, and just like you to note a couple things, um, as I already said, or as we already greeted each other, we're worshiping today with Steinbach Mennonite Church, and we're glad that the two congregations can join together in summer when maybe our numbers are quite a bit smaller in both places so we can enjoy coming together and being a little larger group as one. Just so we all know, August the 12th, um, we at Grace are going to be joining um, you at SMC, and we'll enjoy worship there together at that time with you there as well. For our congregation, just like you to note that Debbie Giesbrecht has gone home from the hospital, and Christina Putz is still in the hospital, so let's continue to pray for them. And Pearl has an announcement. I'll ask her to come up now. Uh, for a couple of years now, Outreach has wanted to invite you to an event. And it happens on September the 29th, so this is your save the date. Um, We've had a hard time because it's hard to get people kind of organized in the summer. But it's called Ride for Refuge, and it's actually an event that happens across Canada. And what you do is you can walk or ride bike uh, in locations in Winnipeg. There is one event. And so we'd like people to either all join us as a group or or pick your groups. You can walk or cycle five kilometers. You can cycle 25 kilometers or you can cycle 50 kilometers. So we'd really love to see people out for that. Um, Ours will happen to be a fundraiser for MCC Canada's Witness uh, uh, Partner Program. And of course, we are partners with Mike and Cheryl Nims. You may have heard them here in May, and so we'd really love to uh, do some fundraising for them and support them in this way. So um, it's mostly uh, the kids between 10 and under are free. If they can fundraise for $75, they get a T-shirt. Everybody else kind of has uh, some fundraising things, and we'll go through that when it gets closer to the date, but the registration is just $25 if you don't want to fundraise, so everybody is welcome to participate. It's a great family event. Age does not matter in this. We can all uh, do this together, so we'll keep you posted on that event, but if you're interested, please keep September 29th uh, in your calendars, and uh, Steinbach Mennonite, uh, you're welcome to join us or go back to your church and set up your own groups. You, uh, you can register at uh, Ride for Refuge online. There's many charities. You don't have to do Mike and Cheryl Nims. You can pick a charity of your own, and so uh, we welcome you to join us there too. Anyone else who has an announcement this morning? If not, then I'd ask you to bow your heads and let's begin with a call to worship. God, you who have made us, you who love us in Jesus Christ, live in us and guide us by your Spirit. We are here today. You are with us, we are with you, and we are here together. We ask that now all that we are thinking and feeling and wondering about, questioning, hurt about and concerned as we gather, individually and collectively, we ask that you will take our words, our singing, our prayer, and that you will meet us. We pray that you will become visible to us, heard, seen, and touched, so we will know you walk with us and we walk with you. Open our hearts as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen.
Please join us for Take My Life. It is in your hymnals. Uh, it will also be on the overhead, and we will sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 6. Salt for the Earth, found on page 226.
We have an opportunity to speak with God and let God speak with us as we pray in Scripture. We're going to pray a prayer called Lexio Divina. I will be leading you in it. I will be um, bringing a passage of Scripture that we will go through three times, and after each time reading it through, I will leave time for silence. And you can see what kind of word or emotion or what comes to you as we say this passage together. And at the end of it, take time to talk with God and let God talk with you about what it might mean or what comes to you as we pray this together. So I ask you now to bow your heads, and in silence, let's prepare ourselves for prayer. And this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and does not show pity toward them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, do not love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and set our hearts at peace in his presence. And this is how we know what love is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and does not show pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love not with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. And this is how we will know that we belong to the truth and set our hearts at peace in his presence. And this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and does not show pity towards them, how can the love of God be said to be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and set our hearts at peace in his presence. Amen.
also talking with someone this morning, I said, this is one of the hottest days of the summer so far. Not the day to prepare a 40-minute sermon, actually, so, um, so I didn't. Kurt told me he's never heard one 40 minutes long. We decided that I could just say the same one like three times over, and if nobody would notice, we would really know how much people actually listen to me on Sunday morning. Um, For those of you from SMC and Grace who maybe have been gone for part of the summer already, we've been preaching through 1 John recently. It's a letter, more like a collection of, let's say, sermons or talks of encouragement and urging to a community that had people leave it. The writer calls those who have left anti-Christ or against or opposite to or in place of Christ because of their rejection of this writer's understanding of Jesus and because they don't love one another, and he calls them murderers because of that. Pretty extreme language. He urges those who remain to hold to that which was from the beginning, the message of Jesus among them physically that they'd received, his forgiveness, and the community of faith that was becoming as a result and how they were to live together as that community, living the action of Jesus among themselves. Today is the last sermon, and our text brings together the primary themes of 1 John, Jesus and love and truth, obedience and knowing God. And for me, it brings them together in the form of questions, because over the years I have wondered, do I really know God, who I don't see? Do I know Jesus in the way that I should live? Am I believing and obedient and loving as God wants Not as I want, but as God wants and hopes for, so that the world will be different and that God's love and justice will be seen. And how do I know that? First John, I think, gives us some wondering about that, and maybe in this text too. This is the message that we heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Well, because his actions were evil. His brothers were righteous. Brothers and sisters, don't be surprised that the world hates us. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. The one who doesn't love remains in death. The one who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. This is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for one another. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and shows no pity on them, how can the love of God be seen to be in that person? Dear children, don't love with only words and speech, but with action and in truth, because this is how we will know that we belong to the truth and set our hearts at peace in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. And if our hearts do not condemn us, we have assurance before him and we receive what we ask for because we keep his commandments and love one another, doing what he pleases. And this is his command, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another. The one who keeps his command lives in him, and he in them. 
And this is how we know that we live in him and by the spirit that he gave us. Once a young pastor, alas, I am no longer, I lived and worked in a small Saskatchewan town. Being small, I knew folks from the other churches. We liked each other even, and we sometimes fraternized together, maybe like Grace and SMC. One Saturday morning after a game of golf, on a course nearby that resembled a pastor, holes in the sand greens as well as on the fairways where the gophers lived, making hold-in-ones a little bit easier, I was at one of their homes for a post-game brunch. Being from churches, we began to talk about faith, and they shared the story of a Christian they knew who had not been able to say when they had begun their relationship with Christ, made that decision. Because that person had not been sure, they said, they had suggested that they pray a prayer together again just to make sure. They would then know that they were Christians by that prayer at a certain and specific time and place in their lives that they could point to. I respect those folks that I was speaking with. I agree that being able to point to markers encourages and urges us on our ways that we want to go and who we want to be, particularly when done within a community, let's say of faith or friends, where those markers are witnessed by others who can support and encourage along the way, be it a a marriage vow or a, a baptismal commitment, a resolve to change my life in some significant way or to achieve something that is shared with people who will help you remember what you said and where you want to go. Even here, in 1 John, we read that this is the message you heard from the beginning, when you began, when you came together. But the criteria for knowing you belong to the truth that you had from the beginning is not found, at least not here in 1 John, on a wing and a prayer, but in concrete and visible realities. Those who remain in that community are to love one another as a sign of their faith in Jesus and their commitment to the body. While the writer's emphasis is on love within the community, we don't need to assume that he was saying, and don't bother with those who are not part of us. He wasn't saying that. It's just that this first John message is for those on the inside, not towards those on the outside. And with the fracturing of that community, the doubt they may have experienced, they needed to trust their faith and trust God's love and theirs for each other, collecting themselves so that they could carry on in God's way. This way is found in Jesus, who laid down his life. In a couple of places in 1 John, Jesus' laying down his life is named as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. They were to know that they were forgiven in Christ when they sinned. But here its meaning is expanded to be an example of love, which they are to emulate. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life, and we ought to lay down for ours, for others, concretely. The writer then speaks of what that would mean for them. It seems that they may have been a community that was dealing with economic difficulties or inequalities. And so the writer says, if anyone among you has material possessions and sees anyone, a brother or sister, in need among you, and doesn't have pity, doesn't do something, how can the love of God, shown in Jesus laying down his life, be in you if you don't lay down yours? Apparently it can't. So those who have, seeing those who don't, and the meaning of the word is staring, are to respond with action and truth, giving and helpful. They are to be not with words and speech, not with our thoughts and prayers are with you, 
but with giving concretely something to those who need that. That, he writes, is how we know that we belong to the truth. That is how we set our hearts at peace in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, God knows. And God knows if we are laying down our lives in the way that we hope to, if we are seeing and responding. And, and this is very important, I think, and I read it in a book that I was reading a couple of weeks ago. This is not to bring life, first and foremost. It's not necessarily to bring physical, breathing life and food and shelter to someone, although that obviously results, but to love, which leads to doing, which brings life. Like God's, laid life, with, like God's laid down love brings life to us, our love for someone else will bring life to the other, will help us to see what it might be, and help us to respond. Love leading to living would lead to knowing. So while not diminishing starting points and commitments and decisions, nor regressing to a theology of gaining merit by God's blessing, by giving, nor heaping on guilt because, oh, we could always do more, nor excusing ourselves because we've not done enough, love acted on is how we know that we know God. Children, to come forward at this time. If the children would like to, those from Grace know the know the, uh, the procedure here. Maybe those from SMC can run as well. If you don't run at SMC, you're allowed to run this morning. Just for one morning. Come on up, everybody. Okay. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. We'll wait for everybody to get up here. Wow. Yep, come on up. We're looking good. Now, you know what? Why don't we do this, you guys? A little closer here. I'm going to put that there because I'm going to try and show you a picture at some point here a little bit. Whoops. Just dropped my keys. There we go. Okay. Well, is everybody warm? Very warm? How warm are you? You're burning like hot lava. Yeah. Ooh, you are hot. You were hot, Zach. Okay. Well, you know what? Do you remember this pot? No. Yeah, some of you remember. Do you remember what we had in that pot? What did we do? We had a tomato plant, right? We put seeds in the ground. Do you remember that? Well, how's the plant doing? No. Why? Doesn't it look like a healthy tomato plant? No. No? It's dead. It's dead. Yeah. Those who do not love remain in death. A tomato plant that is not loved dies. Yeah, you know what? This plant was in my office. I, it was there. And what do you think it needed so that it would actually be alive? Oh, why didn't I water it? I wasn't here every day. That could be. I was too busy. Why else wouldn't I, why wouldn't I water it? I should have planted it in the garden earth. You're right, Xander. You know what? That plant was right in front of me, and I didn't see it. Have you ever had anything right in front of you that you don't see? No. Yes. 
You, th- you think you always see what's right in front of you? Yeah. No. no. Well, let's try something, okay? Everybody, I want you to take your hand and just look at your hand, okay? Look at your hand. Can you do that? Just only look at your hand. Who do you see? Your hand. Do you see anything else? No. Anybody else? You see your veins, yeah. I see my veins because I'm really old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, your fingernails, I see that too. See, and, and it's all about my hand, isn't it? Okay, now let's try something else. Now, I want you to look at each other. Okay, look only at each other. Okay, now, if I said, this is Grace Mennonite Church, and you only looked at this other, would you say we're a, a young church or an old church? Young church. Young church. You're all young. How old are you guys? Like, some, tell me how old. Five. Five. Six. 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 Four. Okay, now I want you to do something else. Everybody turn around, look out there. Okay. Now, if you would only look out there, and I would ask you, are we a young church or an old church? Old church. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that too, actually. Yeah, pretty old church. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I only have to work for five years and I can retire. There might not be a salary around for somebody after that. Okay. <laughs> Just joking. Okay, now, finally, one more thing. Okay. Now we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture here. Okay, now, you guys, this is hard because you're all in different places. Can you see that picture? Yes. Okay. Now, can you see... That's 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 Southwood School. Now, can you see everything that is around it, or can you only see what's in the picture? Now, what, what do you think is all around? Like, you see a playground, but what else? What else is out there? There's another playground. There's a school. There's a nature. Now, if you didn't know what was out there and you only saw this picture, what might you think? That's all that there is. Sometimes, you know what? We watch TV in our computers and we think that the thing that we see or read about is all that there is. Sometimes it's a whole lot bigger. We just... So, the message we're going to talk about today is... In order to show God's love to people around us, we don't just look at our hands, and we don't just look at out close to us, and we don't just watch on TV or computer. We have to see people face-to-face in order to get to know them and to love them. Because if we see them, what will we do? We'll water the plant. So we'll do what we need to do to help somebody so that they alive and that they have life in a good way. That's what God hopes for us. So let's pray together. And you can go back to your seats, okay? Can you just should plant it in the garden after? You don't think it's going to grow? It's done? Yeah, I didn't see, and it's over, right? Uh, you know what? I might take your advice, Xander, and we'll try, okay? And then I'll show you what happens in a couple weeks. Ah, oh, that's a whole other sermon, Paxton. That's good. Yes. Oh, next Easter. This is so much fun. Put the seed in the ground and it grows, right? Okay, let's Yeah, let's pray. Thanks God for the love that you have for all of us. I ask that you will show us how not to only look at ourselves or close by or even just at pictures, but how to see big pictures with many people in it face to face so that we can know how you love us and them and how we can love each other. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, where you go. If you're comfortable standing, you can stand with us now to sing Will You Let Me Be Your Servant in your hymnals uh, 307. And we're going to sing the first four verses. I don't think that I'd get an argument here in relation to knowing God through love revealed in action. We, after all, have been taught that this is faith, true evangelical faith. As the song goes, true evangelical faith cannot lie sleeping, for it clothes the naked, it comforts the sorrowful, gives to the hungry food, and shelters the destitute. You might know the song made out of those words. We give to and support MCC and Mennonite Disaster Service, thrift stores, refugee sponsorship, community outreach, and soups on. Yet, I wonder, I think in relation to all that we have and possess, we're still left with questions of what is this faithful love. The economic hardship and inequality of the community in 1 John were likely different than ours, our current 21st century Canadian reality, and we have to wonder about it in our way. What does it mean to us to have material possessions to use for others and with others? Is it having only enough to sustain myself and yet giving from that little bit that I have? Is it having extra pension plans, mutual funds, RRSPs, TSFAs, all extra to give from? And is that extra? Maybe it's actually necessary. I have to support myself through years of aging, I need to have some fun. I want to give my kids an education 
And in the end, I want to be able to leave something for my family. And on the other side, what does it mean to be a person in need? Is it someone who literally doesn't have enough to live on? A parent with children living, or trying to, on minimum wage. Someone who can provide for the basics, but whose children don't have the same opportunities as others, forcing them into relative, if not actual, poverty, where their kids can't do everything else that their friends do. Or is it someone who's fallen on hard times and needs support to get through a defined time period? Or what if they're in need because they aren't wise with their money and their time? And can anyone in Canada be in need? We really do have a good system of government safety nets and charitable organizations. And what about action not found only in material possessions, but everything that's in our possessions, like our time, our energy, our presence, which can all be given as well in limitless ways. How, how much and to whom do we make our love concrete, revealing that we do know God? How do we lay down our lives fully as Jesus laid down his so that we are known as and know ourselves as his? I'm not sure that I can answer those questions for you, and I'm not sure that I'd want to because I would not want to give you a list of what to do. I don't think that Jesus laying down his life in love is emulated by creating a list of what we then need to do. We often do that, actually. It's kind of human. But I wonder if we trivialize limitless love by creating lists. Lists which we then check off and say, well done, and we're proud of ourselves. Or lists which we use to heap guilt upon ourselves and others because, well, we just haven't done everything we could do. Rather, I'd like to leave you with a wondering and a wondering about acting and a verb with which to wonder about it. That is to see. If anyone has and sees, that is, stares at, and doesn't have pity, that is, heartless or showing callous indifference, How can the love of God who gave life be in that person? I would like to simply encourage you to begin by seeing as you decide how to respond to God's love with yours in your world, in our world. I just finished my first summer novel. I read novels in summer that aren't worth reading in winter. John Grisham, The Street Lawyer. The book opens with a group of lawyers being held hostage by a relatively harmless but armed homeless man in their high-end offices in Washington, D.C. They find out later that he truly was harmless because all of the dynamite he had strapped around himself were only toilet tubes covered in toilet paper rolls covered in red paper. After a day trapped in their office, the the man is killed by snipers who are able to get a clear shot at him. This incident, though, triggers a crisis for one of the lawyers who is headed for a high-paying and successful career as a partner in the firm. As he later reads the story in the newspaper about this man and wonders why he lived on the streets and what led him to this act of desperation, he's led to find out about the world that this man came from. He wanders into a reality of homelessness and poverty which contrasts his world of power and money and privilege and comfort a reality he'd always seen on TV because he lived in the city, and yet he simply had not seen it, missed it like a tomato plant needing water on a pastor's desk. And as he wanders into that world, he sees as if for the first time, even though it's been right in front of him the whole time, 
And seeing he quits his job at a lucrative firm, sacrifices his financial future, and moves into a life far less secure as a street lawyer living and working with those in need. In his autobiography, Canadian songwriter Bruce Coburn speaks of a trip that he made to Mexico and Central America. He writes of visiting a refugee camp in a country inhabited by those from a neighboring country, the camp being just over the border, and of the army of the country that they'd fled doing helicopter raids over the border to hunt those who had escaped the country as refugees. After the trip, he wrote a song called If I Had a Rocket Launcher. And I should have Googled it to find out if he was ever sorry for writing this song, but it it brings out the raw emotion of what he was feeling. And in it, he spills out rage at the oppression of a government against its people, singing that if he had a rocket launcher, he would use it against those who were persecuting their own people. He writes that song after, he says, seeing face-to-face what was going on. He'd seen it on TV, but he writes face-to-face was different. TV has no smell. TV has no feel. And if you remember the beginning of 1 John, it says, the message of Jesus among us, he was heard. We've seen him with our eyes. We have touched him with our hands. Physical. Sometimes we don't see, it seems, something that the Bible speaks of, naming those with eyes to see who don't see and ears to hear who don't hear. To know God's love as those, I'd urge us to work on our sight on seeing Jesus and others, learning how to love God by seeing. Like us to wonder about seeing Jesus and others. Leave that with you. How do we see Jesus? I had read recently about the life and thought of a great spiritual guide of the last decade. The author writes of this great spiritual guide saying that he believed that spirituality enhances and enriches our vision. Someone else writes of someone they knew loving and living God's way so naturally because of their balance between contemplation and activity. Taking time to see Jesus, our lives will be grounded in that which God hopes for us in our living. Our lives are, and they will be grounded in something. We sometimes think they're not, but we take the inventory. Our lives are grounded in something. Something will direct them. And we can ask that that desire be God in Jesus Christ. Relating to Jesus laid down life understood as God's profound love for us and all of us, we can learn that in prayer practices, contemplation, scripture reading, and meditation. I don't know if you have any of those practices or if you work at some of them. Places where you sit and listen, where you listen and wonder about life, where you talk with God. Talk with yourself about life. Dwell on who God is and what life is all about and who, how you are part of it. I'd encourage you to start some of those spiritual practices if you don't have any. And if you do already practice some of them, to develop those that you have. If you wonder about what and how they might be, talk to someone that you know who has practices, spiritual or contemplative practices that they practice. Or talk to myself or Lee or Kyle. You have to trust that we actually have some. You maybe aren't sure if we do or not. And good living, life laid down in love, relationship with all and everyone around us will be enhanced as you sit and wonder about life and God and yourself in it. And secondly, how will we see others? Well, locally, right here in Steinbach, I'd encourage you to start by putting away your checkbook for a bit. 
not for too long or I won't have a salary, but put your checkbook away for a little while. And rather than responding to appeals for giving, wonder about loving people that you actually see. I didn't ask Joy about this or those who work at Community Outreach or Southeast Helping Hands, but sit and watch and look and meet people at Soups On or Community Outreach or Southeast Helping Hands or in your church congregation or on your street, in your neighborhood, not to make anyone uncomfortable, but to observe those that you, that we are called to love. And then you might be taken further. You might end up relating to someone that you've not seen before. You might understand and love them so as to give and live out of love, not out of duty or responsibility or a budget. And internationally, maybe take time to do some different kind of holiday. I know some from Grace. I don't know what SMC has done recently. I know you've done stuff in the past, but some folks here at Grace have taken time to do an MCC learning tour to a different country. They've taken a week with Mennonite Disaster Service, or they've gone to Pangasi to the First Nations partnership we have there. Some have gone on a trip to Ecuador with Mark. In all of those, they've had an opportunity to see life differently. Consider those kinds of opportunities. Mark is back from Honduras now, Mark Reimer. I know if any of you spoke with him, but speaking about the immigration war that's going on both in the U.S. and in Canada, he was saying that seeing is actually important to see what's happening and the people to whom it's happening too and it would be so beneficial if people would see what's happening so they could then decide and see for themselves how they could love and give after all we know love by this that jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and does not show pity on them how can the love of God be said to be in that person? Dear children, don't love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. By this we will know that we belong to the truth, and we will rest our hearts at peace in his presence. Amen. Please turn in your hymnals to number 397.
I'll ask us to pray together, after which I'll ask the ushers to come forward for the morning offering. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today as those who are glad to be together, glad we know each other, and glad we know you. As we do, we lift our hearts before you and think of each other as we do. Looking at our lives and all that goes on around us, we are thankful. We take time in a moment of silence to be thankful. And Lord, we are sorry we have not always lived and loved as you would hope for. Show us forgiveness and show us how to see and love and live into life around us with those who need us and who we are. We think of those people now and pray for them and ourselves as we live with them. Lord, we thank you for all that we have, all that we can give, and from which we can give. As we give, we ask that your love will be shared with people around us and make us more loving to see how we can continue to give into good ways, giving life to those around us as you would hope for. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers come forward and take the offering. Please stand for our closing hymn and benediction. That song is on page 362.
glad that we've been able to be together this morning. There's coffee, juice, water might be more appropriate on a day like this for you, and cookies, so um, stick around and, and meet someone you know or someone that you don't and enjoy a time after worship together. And as you go out into this day and into this week, may the Spirit open you to all that is around you and help you to see. Amen. Thank you.